Women's Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today, I am so honored to be joined by Darlene Shortridge. She is the owner of 40 Day Publishing. She is a wife, a mom, a grandma, and so much more. Welcome, Darlene. Thank you. I so appreciate you having me on here today. We are excited to get to know you. So tell us first a little bit about who is Darlene? Oh boy. Well, it, we used to, we used to joke at home that I needed a platform because I had a lot to say. So I'm a very opinionated, strong woman. And, uh, and so it took years before I actually had a platform and I, I had to chuckle because I looked at my husband and said, now I don't have so much to say. And so isn't that how it goes, right? Is <laughs> you take, you tame down, you temper down as you age and, uh, you, you begin to see things from a wider view with a wider lens. And so, uh, I'm a thinker, I'm a learner and I want to be learning until the day I die. I love life. Family is number one, um, outside of my faith. My faith is, is number one, but, but here on this, this earth, my, my family is, uh, why we do what we do and just, um, you know, I love helping people. I love serving people. And so we have, the the best clients in the world we're able to serve them and help them um nothing is better than sitting at the beach writing and so my goal someday is to have that beach house and you know just be able to write full time so well there you go so tell us about 40 day publishing and what what do you do okay we started out back oh goodness we've been going about 10 years now and started with my books and not, not finding a platform, a venue that would work how we wanted it to work. With traditional publishing, you sign all your rights. You sign your life over. With hybrid publishing, you, you pay a fee, and then, but they still control the pricing of your book and, and the, you know, that kind of thing. And so we decided that we wanted to do something different. And we wanted to help authors set up their own small publishing companies so they decide what their book looks like. They decide what the interior is. They get all of the royalties. They buy books at cost. They set the pricing. And that's what we've been helping people do for the past 10 years. Okay. And yes, and it has been built entirely by um, word of mouth thus far. We have just starting some advertising, but up until now, we have grown exponentially through word of mouth. So we help with ebooks, paperbacks, audiobooks, um, hardcover books, and we're just, just, just nibbling and, and, and dabbling into the film industry. So nice. we're going to be, we're going to be starting a film industry here pretty soon. Part of yeah. a, a, division, a division of that. So film is really picking up here in Oklahoma mm, City area. It is. It's a perfect time. It's a great time. Yes. So, so a client that someone wants to write a book, what, what is the normal, what is the normal experience that they get? I heard you say they don't get to own the thing. What, what does that typically look like for someone? 
Okay. So for like with a traditional publisher. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what a traditional publisher will do is they will offer you a contract for your book. And I highly recommend if you go that route to make sure you have a lawyer look at it. Uh, I know personally, I know one author who was offered a contract through a Christian publisher, a well-known Christian publisher, who, when all was said and done, she found out that the only thing she retained rights to or would earn any money from is her paperback sold in the United States. Nothing else. And her book sold like crazy in Europe. She didn't earn a dime from it. Wow. Yes. There's and that's, been, so that's for someone that's coming with a book already written, a, a manuscript correct, in correct. hand. That's mm-hmm. correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Now for writing the book, you know, it, there's so many different genres. There's fiction, nonfiction. And within those two, there's a plethora of categories that you could write in. For nonfiction, for memoirs, uh, what I recommend for the writing process is to keep a notebook with you. And every time an idea crosses your mind or, oh yeah, I need to talk about that, write it down, jot your memory because you can forget it and lose it entirely. And so, and when you get home, write out that one little story and stick it in a folder called my book, you know, and just put, you could even name it. You don't even have to name it a chapter because you can organize the chapters later. You can put it all together later and put it in the order that you wanted it. But the idea is to start writing and if and if you can do bite-sized chunks where you can write about one thing uh one memory one principle of your teaching whatever that may be and you write that one thing down and stick in a file before you know it you're going to have 30 separate entities in that file that can be organized into a book and it makes it a lot more approachable because many people have this fear that they have to start it at the beginning and write into the end but that's not so now, fiction is a little bit different. So that's that's nonfiction, memoirs, that kind of thing. Fiction mm-hmm. is a little bit different. And you want to kind of have an idea. When I start a fiction book, I will be kind of know what my beginning is going to be. And I'll know how I want my book to end. And mm-hmm. then I think of feasible ways to get from point A to point B. What would be realistic? How could that really look in true life? And, and so what I've run across is people who are able to do that and get that going, but then they, they really mess up with the dialogue. The dialogue sounds unnatural. And so if you're writing and if you are writing dialogue, I recommend to say it out loud. And if it doesn't sound natural to you, as you say it, then it's not going to be natural to a reader who's reading it. It's a great way to, to test your dialogue. Mm -hmm. So when people that work with you, you are, do they need to come with a book already written or is that something that you can help them with as well? I also ghostwrite. So I was just in Jacksonville, Florida on a ghostwriting project. Um, I have probably six or seven people lined up right now who want me to write their book for them. And so uh, I also do coaching. So uh, I have to send out a proposal to a gentleman who sent me his manuscript hired another publisher to publish it for him. Uh, He did that. He went through that process and he just messaged me, had a few questions about getting a wider distribution. And, and so I went ahead and read his book and my recommendation, and I asked him, I said, was this book edited? And he's like, yes. And I said, okay, it needs to be re-edited and has, you know, did anyone work with you on this story? Because I see a powerful story here but, or the potential to have a powerful story, but you're not bringing in enough emotion to this book. 
you need to relate to the reader on an emotional level in order to keep them ingrained in the story. And so, so anyway, so we're going to be pulling that book down from Amazon and reworking. I'll be coaching him on that. And mm-hmm. so, um, so there's that as well, more of a coaching where ghostwriting is expensive. If someone hires me to, to write their book, that's five figures. You're right oh, out of for the sure. Game. Yeah. Right. And so, so coaching while it, you know, it could get into the thousands, it's, it's not going to be as much as a ghostwriting project. Sure. So, yeah. So, and so instead of getting caught up in the other publisher, not getting your full credit or money for what you've done, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, expand a little bit about more like what you guys are doing, helping them do their own publishing. Okay. So, so basically we have authors who call us their publisher. Technically we're not. And we remind them of that all the time. You know, you know that you are your own publisher. We helped you set up your own small publishing company. I know we get, but we just like you. So, and so (laughs) we're really publishing consultants, meaning we get the manuscript, we get the cover done, the interior format, all the formatting, layout, uh, accounts created, the book uploaded and for sale on various venues, but it's all in our client's name. So we do it as if they are personally doing it. So we get their accounts created. So their bank account is linked to Amazon directly. So Amazon pays them directly. They're able to go on to KDP and order books right at cost. Um, and and we have, uh, they all have my cell phone. They're, they're able to call me. They have questions. They know they can reach me anytime and, and the support. So uh, not only do we help them set up their own small publishing company, but we have ongoing trainings every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Central with what we call Author Underground. And Author Underground, we do those live teachings. We started almost a year ago, the first week of June of last year is when we started. And all of these teachings, these weekly teachings are in a portal that our clients can sign in and watch any of them anytime. So say they're going to do an event, they wanna do an event, they can go in and watch our teaching on running an effective event, okay? Or they wanna know, how should I price my book? What, what factors should, you know, what should be retail? Well, this past Tuesday, that's what Dan taught on is pricing. And so they can go in and watch that and figure out what, what's the norms. And, and mind you, those are suggestions because our authors are self-published. They determine, no, nope, I want my book to be a hundred dollars. Okay. Then you can put it as a hundred dollars. We do what the author wants us to do, but we offer some fairly solid advice too that they can consider. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Well, that sounds like a much better option than giving away half your, your rights to your oh, work. Way, way more than that. Way more than that. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know one of, one of my author friends who's traditionally published, she gets six cents a copy sold. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine working right? that hard and pouring out my soul of my autobiography yep. and then six cents, like six cents. Buy you a piece of gum. Yes. Six cents a copy. Wow. And, and then she still has to pay half of what the retail is to get copies of her book because that's what they charge. And, wow. mm-hmm. and so it is with, with the way we do it, our authors earn 70% of their retail on their ebook. Wow. So, so it's, it's a lot higher. So, mm-hmm. 
So what brought you to this place? Obviously you love to write, but you haven't always been a writer. I'm going to guess. I have dating back to high school. I was going to college for vocal performance and yes. And my English teacher came to me and said, darling, you need to reconsider this. You need to go for something in writing. And I didn't realize I had a talent in writing at that point because no one had ever said anything to me. And so, but he found out I was doing vocal performance was like, "Mm, this is, you need to, writing would be a much better option for you. Now, mind you, I'm a good singer too. Really good. My choir director put off retirement for a year until I graduated. So, oh no way oh, wow yeah. I was a choir so, girl too were oh you yes, yes yes I, of course I received the Arian award for the state of Ohio so wow yeah yeah so I was I'm, well I am you know my my range is not what it used to be so but how I got started in publishing was and yes I did do a lot of writing but I mainly wrote songs poetry I'd written a a, a play I had written a whole vacation bible school material curriculum for all the grades making it age appropriate whatnot but I had never written a novel until 2006 and so so I had always loved the written word always so whether it be reading or or putting thoughts down and and writing uh so but how we actually got into this was our our story of of looking for the publisher in the beginning in the very early days and not understanding the publishing world I picked a publisher to submit to, to query that uh, I thought needed me to be well-rounded. So they didn't have any books in my genre and I thought they needed my genre and that was a mistake on their part. And so, <laughs> so not knowing that that was, uh, that was by, uh, by design <laughs> and so that, that they specialized in more historical fiction and Amish fiction and so which did not include contemporary <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so so I was quite surprised when I received the rejection and then I went I ended up going with a hybrid publisher and a hybrid publisher is one that you pay and then they also collect the lion's share of your royalties and you have to order your books through them so for instance my books cost me $10 plus shipping and tax with them. Now they cost me $450 plus shipping and tax. So you can see how that would make a big difference if I'm speaking at an event and I'm able to sell copies of my books. I'm making an extra $5 on each book sold versus yeah. what I would have if I had been ordering. So we help authors. That's what we help authors do. So when all was said and done, and I really wasn't seeing sales from being with a publisher for a year and a quarter that's when we took the rights back from that hybrid publisher and we published it ourselves. What we, and at that point, we still had no intention of, of, of really doing this for a living or, or starting a business, but we had so many authors come to us saying, can you help me do what you did? Because my book Mm -hmm. hit number one on Amazon. I gave away in one weekend, over 30,000 copies, ebook copies, and it shot to number one in sales as well right afterward and and I made more in one month than I paid entirely to that publisher wow and I've had a royalty deposit in my account every single month since for 10 years nice what is that that's for your first novel that you wrote that was the first now I have 20 out what was the first novel what's the name of it until forever until Until forever Forever. right darling shortridge and on Amazon, Barnes and selling Noble. now, still on Amazon today. Oh yeah! Wow! Oh yeah! Yep. 
Talk about passive generated passive income streams. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And that one is being made into a screenplay right now as we speak. Really? That's what we'll be starting with the film division with is that one. It'll be the first film in our, in our lineup. How exciting. Oh my gosh. A little scary too. (gasps) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just when you think you can't grow anymore, then you find another way to grow. Oh, I love it. That gave me chills. Like really, that's so exciting. I know the movie and film industry is booming here. We can't Mm -hmm. even go to the myriad to graduate anymore because, okay, it's a soundstage. (laughs) Who in the world would have ever thought we would have a soundstage in Oklahoma City? Mm -hmm. And there's a whole, there's a whole uh, studio for indoor filming for sets and everything here in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I love yeah. that. Oh my gosh. So, uh, man, what were some of the challenges that you faced when you were like going, uh, like, how did you make the decision? Like I'm an author. Do I want to make this a business? Like, <laughs> well, we had, we had helped an author do what I did and hit number mm-hmm. one on Amazon just by, for a full year, I just helped people. I just had a number of people across my Facebook and 20 people waiting to talk to me. And I would just go one, 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 one and do it. And I did that for a full year. And one of the gals we helped hit number one, she said, darling, you have to do something with this. This is, this is a need. You have to do something with this. And we had already determined that we would because we had an appointment set with um, a retired OU professor. And he had four books sitting there. He didn't know what to do with them. And so we were like, well, do we do the traditional model? No, we're against that model. Do we do the hybrid? Well, that didn't work for me. It just worked out for the publisher, right? And so that didn't, but what if we help people do exactly what we did for ourselves? And so that's what we did. We went to him. We have published, I believe, six books for him now. And, and that's what we've done for all of our authors. I think the, I think our, our author that has had the most books published with us is up to 15, 15 books that we've done and they come back to us every time. So Oh, that because once you set up that the once you set up the small the small company their own publishing company can they publish limitless books through that same company or is it a different one yeah, every time? Yeah, yeah, no, they can publish it all through there. So what we do is we help them. There's what's called you know on the back of a book when you see the barcode, right? Yeah, you see mm-hmm. that that's called an ISBN. It's a number right? attached to that, and mm-hmm. that is an identifier. And so that number we set them up an account with Bowker, which is the one who comes up with those numbers. They're a distributor mm-hmm. for ISBNs. And so they name their publishing company. And then that number is attached to their publishing company. So okay. we buy those on their behalf, get it all set up on their behalf and attach it to their books. So I usually have authors start with, if, if it's a one and done, then I recommend using a free one. It's not a big deal. If mm-hmm. it's someone who has like the gentleman and his wife that I talked to here earlier today, uh, they have 15 books for us to publish. Well, wow. we want to look at, you know, getting a package of, of ISBNs in their case, because mm-hmm. if you buy one, it's $125. If you buy 10, it's 295. But if you buy a hundred, it's 595. So you can see how the price really goes down depending on, on which package you purchase. So it's yeah. best to plan ahead on that. So, okay. Yeah. And so whether it be a children's book to 
autobiography, novel, any genre? Any genre. Yes, we can do any genre. There's a few that we shy away from. Uh, we don't really deal with erotica. So if somebody- Oh, writing come erotica, on, darling. I know, I know. You're no uh, you fun. Know, I, I, can, I can point. I can point them in the right direction though. You know, I know people. You know a guy. Yeah, I know go. people. I know a guy. And uh, poetry, we've done poetry, but honestly, it's really a pain in the bottom. Um, hmm. We're not sure we're really going to take much more poetry. So those those okay. two, we tend to, uh, po- poets are picky people. Let me tell you. <laughs> How do you know oh, you're a poet? <laughs> They're, they're really hard on, on our formatters. They take okay. a ton of time mm, because of yeah. every little stanza and indent and everything has to be done individually. It takes mm-hmm. hours upon hours upon hours. And mm-hmm. so if someone does want us to do a, a poetry book, it will cost a lot. Yeah. Poets, the bride, out. they're the brides of publishing, <laughs> the bridezillas. There you go. The bridezillas of publishing and not all of them. I shouldn't say that. So, you know, we have some very, very nice poets that we have helped, but <laughs> they are a hard, they're a hard formatting for four. Yeah, I can totally see that. So tell me your favorite client story or a great client story. Maybe someone that, or okay. we can totally skip over that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I'm just thinking of which one we've, we've oh, hundreds, okay. hundreds yeah. of, of books. So, okay. So one of our authors is, um, she just moved. Well, she was in Texas. Let's start there. And Mm -hmm. so she came to us with, uh, her, her life. It's a memoir. And, and I believe, mm, yeah, memoir, fictionalized memoir, if that makes sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and so she, her husband was a lobbyist and they lived in Virginia and DC area. And she had someone actually stalking her, a neighbor, a female neighbor stalking her. And she, it went, it went as far as this woman started like buying the same clothes as, as Kathy, uh, started dressing her children the same, started doing everything she did, like would show up in a store with the same outfit on, like she was watching what she left in. I mean, it was horrible all the way to when Kathy was like, this is getting really weird. Uh, it, 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 it progressed to this woman accusing Kathy of attempted murder. Kathy was put in jail. What? Oh yeah. And, and she accused her of child abuse, abuse for her, uh, her, she had two children, a daughter and a son. And so, so anyway, so she, this woman is still free. They, they haven't, they proved Kathy was innocent. And so she was released and all of that, but this woman is still out there, still terrorizing people. And so Lifetime picked up the rights to this, this book. Oh, wow. And, and last, was it last year, year, year and a couple of months ago, it premiered on Lifetime. No way. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, yes. So that's one of our success stories. And uh, she is working on her third book. Uh, it should be done here pretty soon. Uh, they were able to retire and head to Puerto Rico. And then they ended up moving back to her, their home state of Missouri, simply because their parents were getting older. But yeah. How so. nice. What a crazy story. That's a crazy story, but an amazing success story. And then your right. life is literally on lifetime. That's exactly. Wow. Yes. That's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. So, wow. <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> I cannot imagine being stalked by another female. Like that is. Yeah. Yeah. The, the movie is called Stranger in the Window on Lifetime. Yeah. Stranger in the window. All right, mm-hmm. guys, you heard that. Let's go watch it. Stranger in the window. Uh, okay. So a lot of our listeners are female business owners. Mm-hmm. How important is it for a business owner or someone who wants to establish themselves as an authority in their space or have opportunities to speak? How important is a book? A book will change how potential venues, who, those who are speaking this, or booking the speakers for an event, if you have a book, you will be pushed to the top. Mm-hmm. If you have a book, you will automatically be considered an expert in your field. If you have a book, your speaking fees will vastly increase, especially, especially if you require the person booking you to speak, purchase a book for every person in the attendees. And I have speakers who do that, that we've done their books for. So you have from a hundred to a thousand people and you can have them and you can give them at a discount, of course, but you're still going to make, if it's a thousand people, you're still going to make an extra two, $3,000 at that Mm -hmm. speaking venue. Okay. Mm -hmm. It will change everything. When I speak, I may get you know, 500, a $2,000 to speak, but that doubles or triples when I have my books for sale back in the room, mm-hmm. because I will, if, if people like what you have to say, then they're going to want more of you. And a book is the perfect way to give them that more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, it, that's definitely what I've heard, but you know, I wanted to get it direct from the pro right. and is it true Is it true? Debunk this myth. I've heard this. You don't actually have to have a book written to list a book and sell it on Amazon. You have a period of time that you can do pre-sales. That is correct. Now with, with Amazon, I'm trying to think of the, the Amazon, you can just do pre-sales with an Mm ebook, but if we list through Ingram spark, you actually can pre-sale the paperback and the hardcover and I believe you can have it up for a year, up to a year mm-hmm. to get your book done. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not done with your correct. book, people can still come and work with you to get That's that right. process started as they're mm-hmm. finishing that or that having to go try to finish that. Okay. That That's is what correct. I thought. That's what yeah. I thought. In, in that case, the, what we would have to do is get the cover done mm-hmm. and be able to get that, to upload it and to get it on pre-sale. So, and that's part of what you guys help do is mm-hmm. develop that cover and, and that's make correct. It look we do way. all of that for our authors. That is correct. Mm-hmm. That's so important because we think, you know, what picture we think might work may not be the right look or, or whatever, as far as the right. audience goes. And that's, it's valuable to have an expert to tell us like, no, mm-hmm. get your face off that. Let's put this <laughs> right. Oh, I, I had that. Uh, as a matter of fact, that professor I was telling you about, he told me that he wanted his nephew on one of the covers because he writes educational he's a a college professor but writes for parents and teachers for for children oh okay and so so I said okay and then he sent me the picture and I was like hmm all right Peter (laughs) I said Peter I can definitely put this picture on but Peter just turned I believe 95 you can imagine how old his nephew is and this (laughs) picture this picture was of his nephew as a child and so it dated the book 
immediately, just immediately. Mm -hmm. So I went to Peter and I said, Peter, while we can put that on, I'm recommending we don't, and here's why. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, oh, Darlene, I hadn't even thought of that. And I said, parents won't pick it up because they're going to think it was written for generations ago. Mm. just how it's going to go because we're very visual people and the cover is the first thing that attracts us so we have to make sure that the covers are current and effective gives us a glimpse as to what is in the inside of the book and so we ended up going with something that is evergreen for him that is never going to be dated and so and and that's important if you're trying especially with nonfiction, that you're trying to uh to to teach or to instruct that people, the reader has to perceive it as being current. Yeah, well, for sure. I remember thinking in, in school when we, by the time we get the textbooks, the information is outdated. Mm-hmm. You know, well, well, of course, dating myself, we had the Encyclopedia Britannica. That's right. <laughs> Those That's were certainly right. dated by the time we picked them up and they looked it. They did. <laughs> Even then the covers were like, when has a little boy and girl remember those that what dick and jane books or whatever yes, like, yes oh my goodness yeah so yeah hopefully those have had a redo if they're still using the interior so hopefully they've yes. had a cover redo yeah i would hope so let's update that so what about what else what else about um are you involved with nonprofit work or anything you're super passionate about as far as that goes uh we we tend to our giving is company-based meaning we have projects going that we don't charge for okay okay so we get a case that comes through and it's on my heart and i'll talk with the two other players that you know the main players that would have work to do because of it ask them hey are you guys okay with this being a, a gift project and so that's how we give back so right that. now we have two projects going that are completely free of charge. So, oh wow. Um, so yeah, so we, and, and we pay our people to do it. You know, we pay our editor to edit and we pay our formatter to format it. So it's out of pocket for us. Um, but if we still feel strongly about something that that's, that's what we give to. Um, we're kind of, you know, as far as nonprofits go, you know, we have various ones that we dabble, of course, our church and, and, but mainly we like to help individuals. We feel like mm-hmm. our calling is to, if, if it's put on our heart that there's a person in need or then that's, that's how we choose to give. So, um, mm-hmm. so that's, that's kind of our, our passion. So. I love that. So what, a, so what about some of those, um, those gifted projects? What have some of those looked like in the past, as far as someone's memoir or their business or a lot of times it's memoirs it's a lot of times it's memoirs uh we have one client we're on her third book um she her husband was killed in a horrific accident it has been goodness how many years six seven years since his death and and the the companies that were involved have been bulking and and so she still has not got a settlement from mm. being him being killed by a semi. Um, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So it's big lawsuits and the trial was supposed to happen at the beginning of COVID. And then, of course, the court system shut down. And so she still hasn't had her name for it. Wow. And so, so how therapeutic for you to offer her to be able to write and publish a book. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's healing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
it is. And, and she needed, and, and it was just put on my heart. It's like, you can help this person. You can give them voice and uh, help her get her story out there. And so, so yeah, so we've been helping her. Um, another client came to me, had gone to a different publisher and the, the book that was put out, and this is a family that is struggling terribly, um, you know, choosing between putting food on the table and making a car payment kind of struggling mm -hmm. and, and to find out that she's embarrassed of her book, uh, because the person that she hired to do it and made payments to money, they didn't really have, um, did a horrible job, just did a mm. horrible job. And so, so she came to me, not for that first book. She was not asking for a thing. Uh, she wanted to know what it would look like. Her, her girls wrote a book and she's like, someday I want to get this done when I have the money, but what does that look like? And so I said, well, let's talk about your first book because I knew she had put out a first book and, but I never saw her talk about it. And I didn't know her. I wouldn't have known her if I passed her on the street, but I'd heard of her. And, um, and she's like, well, I didn't, I didn't call you for that. And I go, I know you know and so tell me the problems with it and then send me the file and so um and she's um my daughter knows her and so mm -hmm. she told my daughter she's like I promise you I did not ask your mom for anything and um and John is like don't worry she goes my mom does this this is this is why she does that's what just she does. mom that's <laughs> mom don't worry about it and so those are the two we're working on right now that's amazing. Thank you for giving them that voice. I can only imagine how healing that can be and not just for them, but for their readers, you know, to be able to right. get that out there and let them know you're not alone. You know, no, you're, no, you're not we all alone. feel so alone when something traumatic happens or a situation mm -hmm. pops up or we feel so alone, but I know books are healing. Books are, are, are life giving. Writing, writing is very therapeutic. If, if even people are just journaling, it helps get that out of your head and onto paper. You will sleep better. You'll feel better. I mean, how many times do you wrestle at night with your thoughts, right? So and many thoughts. Just, right. If you keep a notepad right next to your bed and write it down, they're out of your head and you will sleep more peacefully. I mean, it is real. It's a, the studies have been done and there is something about that act of putting it down on paper you know, you can come back to it. So your mind releases it. Just an amazing feeling really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for those of us who are not, uh, or maybe those that are listening that are not geared toward that type of like journaling or getting it all mm -hmm. out. Um, I know you said, keep a notebook. Are there any other tips that you can give us to just start getting those stories out of our head or, yeah. or writing things down for the future? Right. Well, some people will come to me and say, I'm not a writer. And I, then I will tell them, then use a speech to text program. Ah. Say your stories out loud and record them. They can be transcribed and edited. Yes. It, it is a, a much easier way for people. You can even, as you're exercising or doing dishes, I mean, you can just be talking and recording through your phone while you're doing other things, as you remember, and then they can be transcribed and edited to put in story form. I would have never thought of that. So that's a, a really good way for people who say, I'm just not a good writer. I'm horrible at grammar. Or I'm horrible at this. Then speak it. So yeah, speak it out loud. Speak it out loud. What makes a good story? No matter what type of book you're writing, and I'm going out here and going to say something pretty black and white. 
okay? Pretty, pretty straightforward. Your story has to have a draw for the reader, no matter if it's fiction or nonfiction. You have to engage people's emotions. You have to. You need the more, the more varied it could be, the better. Make them cry, make them laugh, make them sad, make them angry, make them happy. And if you could engage those emotions in your writing, you will have a hooked reader. That's what people are looking for. How many times have you picked up a story, like a memoir, say, and it's so dry and you just, you, you can't get through the first page. Mm-hmm. Okay. But in, I don't know, you know, I'm sure some of your readers or listeners go to church, but, but this is one example I put, what is the most entertaining part of a sermon is when the pastor tells a story. Yes. When they talk about what their kids did that morning before church, you're glued, right? Mm-hmm. It's story that holds us. It is yes. story that come just, it grabs us and gets our attention and we listen. And if mm-hmm. we can use story in our writing, we will be a much more effective writer. Yes. So that is number one, is use story. Use every emotion that you can naturally, of course, but think it through. Like I said, when you're thinking about point A and point B and you wonder what would it take to get to point B? Okay, so like my first book, I'm just gonna give you a little rundown. So I have Mark Mark and Jesse are the main characters in my first book. They have a son, Ethan. Mark is in in a um, he's an alcoholic and he is in a program and he gets released at the beginning of the book. Okay, from this program, he still mm-hmm. thinks he's not an alcoholic. He did it to appease Jesse, and he's home and he gets into a car accident here in Oklahoma City in an ice storm with his four year old son in the back seat. Mm. Okay, so you hate Mark. I mean, you are so angry at Mark. You're sad. You're angry all of these things. But by the end of the book, you absolutely love Mark. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Mm -hmm. that's, and I had to come up with scenarios that would get me from point A to point B. Well, here's where they are. Here's where they're there. I want them to be. How can they get there? So you have to use ups and downs. You have to use um, hooks. You have to use, you know, all of these ways of grabbing your reader's attention. Uh, every chapter just about that I write leaves my reader hanging on a cliff and they're like, no, I, I have to turn the page. And I yes. heard some readers say that I stayed up all night to read your book because I couldn't put it down. That's what you want, whether it be fiction or nonfiction. And you can do that with nonfiction. Yeah. You can absolutely use story in nonfiction. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I tell people all that all the time with their marketing. It's no different. We, we right. have communicated through story since the beginning of time. Exactly. It is all story. Everything mm-hmm. is a story. Everything in the Bible is a story. Everything written on the walls of cave demonstrates and tells a story exactly. that there's a hero. There's a guide that helps them find their way. There's struggle yes. and strife right. and anger and emotion. Just like you said, yep. it's, it's no different. Everything no. we do comes right. through story. Yeah. And when I'm, when I'm coaching entrepreneurs, because I often coach entrepreneurs, they come to me for a story. Darlene, how can I make my, my, my story better? How can I get more people to listen to my story? And I'll look at it and it's like, okay, name the emotions here. And the first, the first things they, they, they don't really understand what I'm talking about. And so then I start teaching them 
on the different emotions and how to evoke emotion. And they're like, oh my gosh, now have me make a list. It'll be completely different than my first list. And I'm like, exactly. And that's what you want to do in your story. And so, um, and so that is actually how I got to, to started on speaking on story and entrepreneurial storytelling is because I was asked to speak for a networking group. And I thought to myself, as I always do when I'm asked to speak, well, what do I have? What kind of knowledge do I have that's going to help someone else? Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't talk about my books. I don't talk about me. I, I try to find something that I can help others with. And so I was like, well, how did we grow our business? Well, me telling our story, every client that we have, I tell our story too. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about storytelling. Let's talk about how we grew a thousand percent in 2020. Mm -hmm. Story, story, using story. And so, um, so yeah, so story is engaging the reader is number one. And, And I was speaking at a conference here two weeks ago and a writer's conference. And what I said to them is, I said, you're reading a book and it's perfectly written, there's no errors, but it's dry. Then you're, you're reading a book that the story hooks you, but there's a few errors in it. Which, which are you more, well, the story. Yeah. Like the story the that's story. engaging. A reader will forgive so much if you've captured their attention and mm-hmm. they can't put the story down. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and that is why its story is so important. It makes us relatable as business people. Our story shows people we're human. It used to be, and I tell people this all the time, it used to be business people, CEOs and, and execs and salespeople were never supposed to show weakness. Mm-mm. And it's the opposite. It's like, I coach the opposite. You yes. show who you really are. You be transparent. Mm. And people are going to know that you're no different than they are and they can do it. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you said that Darlene. Oh my gosh. I just, I told my husband last night, uh, the more women I speak to with this podcast and just in networking and in friends and business, we were, we've been ashamed of our own stories for so long. And when I hear the story of, I heard the story of a nonprofit leader yesterday who was a, a prostitute hooked on meth, went to jail And guess what? She's back in prison ministering to those women now. How powerful is that? Why are we ashamed to say, yeah, I was a prostitute and I was hooked on meth. We should be able to freely say these things without labels and judgment and, you know, of of the outside people, because it tells our story and it It tells our story. Right. And, and people, and when, when people hide their story, they're actually for, for Christians, they're actually doing the opposite of what God tells us to do because in Revelation, the Bible tells us that they're going to know us by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, which is our story. Mm-hmm. They can't take our story. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They can't take that from us because it's ours. Yeah. That story of victory and not, uh, turning it from victim to victory is everything. It's it everything. Is. I'm it so glad absolutely. you're helping to shine a light on not just authorship and, and publishing, mm-hmm. but telling our stories. Right. It's huge. That's, and I love powerful. yours and Dan's story of coming and how you started your business by solving the problem you had. You That's saw right. a need, you saw the problem. You're like, you know what, let's fix this problem where there's a yep. better way. We're going to create that way and offer it to people. That's right. That's right. Heck yes. Yeah. 
Yep. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I so love now it. I get I get calls from publishers around the United States asking me to explain our model. And you're like, uh, no. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, do you? And, oh, absolutely. <laughs> we have an absolute um, bountiful mindset, not a scarcity. And we know that we could never help every author out there. We need more authors doing what we're doing, more publishers Mm -hmm. doing what we're doing. And so therefore we help whoever we can. I love that. Oh my gosh. Share the knowledge. There is enough success for everyone. That's right. That's right. I love that. And and the the bottom line is most of them are not going to put in the work to do it. Even if you handed them the process typed Mm -hmm. out and ready to go with a checklist, most people you share that with are probably not going to put in the work you're doing to do it. Anyway, it takes a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice. Let me tell you, we still live in the hood. I, I promise you, we do. I'm not joking. Girl, I'm outside. I don't even know. That's where I thrive. It's fine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People are always like, oh, South Oklahoma City Chamber of Commerce. Yep. I'm Southside. What's up? That's where I grew up. <laughs> so, yeah. A little bit hood. That's part of my story, right? That's right. That's, That's right. right. Well, Darlene, thank you so much for joining us. Tell the listeners where we can find you, where they can find you if they're ready to publish their book. Absolutely. You can book a call directly with me at chatwithdarlene.com. So chatwithdarlene.com. Uh, our website is 40daypublishing.com. My individual website is darleneshortridge.com. I'm on Facebook, um, public profile. You find me easy. So um Sometimes I hang out on Instagram, but not very often. <laughs> LinkedIn, but not very often. I'm there, but you won't right. get much from me on those platforms, but I'm there. So. All right. So chat with Darlene.com to make an appointment for free, a free consultation mm-hmm. to see if That's they're right. right fit. And 40daypublishing.com is where they can access your resources and, and mm-hmm. learn more. That's right. All right. That's thank right. you so much for what you're you doing, are Darlene. It's incredible. And thank you for being a queen that leads. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much.